I know. It's been too long. It's been like years. But Anywho, luckily, Trump's I, been impeached. I feel and, like lots has, hap- lots has yeah, happened. Then Mike Pence was beheaded. For like one brief moment, everyone cared about like the weird place that we go all the time. MMC. <laughs> the notorious Manhattan Correctional facility. Yes, MCC. Center. Yes, it was very exciting for that two days when Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. You saw him, right? I saw him, yeah. You want a full report? I kind of do. Okay, everybody, sit down. I'm si- I, have some, I'm I have some things to tell you about. Okay, so I know I saw Jeffrey Epstein. I've met the white rhino. Um, the white rhino. Taglioni, Tagliatelli, whatever his name is. The cop guy who murdered the cop, all those people? The cop people? murderer, yes. I've met him. Jeffrey Epstein's roommate, who many Accused speculate. of murdering him. But he didn't. I, I looked into his eyes. He's a really nice guy. You know from his eyes? Yeah, I shook his hand. I really just don't think he murdered Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, I understand that he is alleged to have murdered five other people, but that just is like pretty egregious. But anyway, okay, so... Let me to break it down. Jeffrey Epstein just looked like a little old man in jail. I met Tartaglioni or whatever his name is um, months before all of this. I was introduced to him by a dear friend of mine who was acquitted at trial. You actually met him? Yes, I shook his hand. Okay. Not Jeffrey Epstein, but... Taglioni. Yeah. The white rhino. Yes. This is his jail nickname. I don't know, really. It's just what everyone calls him. No, I don't I don't think so. In jail, I don't think they call him that. But he was big and like had a bald head. Why why is it who calls him the white rhino? I think it might just be my husband told me he was called the white rhino. Okay, I thought this was break. I thought this was a scoop. That's I don't think that part's a scoop. Okay. The scoop is that I've shaken his hand personally. Okay. And he didn't murder you. He didn't murder me and my f- dear friend who is not in prison anymore because he was acquitted at trial. Um, told me that he was a really good guy. And who was this person's attorney who was acquitted at trial? Me! <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> but so Just, Epstein is what's really important here. Epstein is what's really important. So when I saw him in prison, okay, he was behind. So just so everyone knows, like, there's the shoe, which you've all heard so much about. But when your attorney comes to visit you and you The shoe is the special housing unit. Yeah, it's called the box. It's where they put you... It's where they put you, like, if you've gotten in trouble... Mostly if you're in trouble or like something's going on, like if there's a pending investigation, if you're like in a unit with like enemies and there's not like another unit available that doesn't have your enemies. But that's really rare. Sometimes it's for punishment. It's mostly for punishment. Sometimes it's for when there's a government shutdown and no one feels like doing their job. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when there's a government shutdown, they just put everyone in the shoe because they would have to like do um, something. Yeah, like see who your enemies are and clear you to go down special units. So like when you first come into the jail, you always go to the shoe. But it's also, just just to be clear, it's for punishment also for like being part of a fight, regardless of whether, like if you get beat up, you still go to shoe for getting beat up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's like, no one cares about anyone. So um, if you get beat up, someone will be like, oh, you got beat up. So it's a danger to my job if you get killed. So I'll put you in the shoe so you won't get killed. Exactly. You so know what I mean? It's not like no it, one cares. It's just important that when we're talking about anything in jail, like it's not like the reason given is some well thought out, carefully examined thing. It's just like people are no, no, not no, considered just nobody human. Cares. And so no one gives a 
shit and they just do yeah. stuff to you. So like here, let me give you the example. So like I'm like very small and I'm an attorney and I go into MCC all the time and you have to like wait and get an attorney pass and go upstairs to where you meet with the clients. Now, like if someone's in the box, right, that's shoe, they're supposed to be there because they're dangerous, right? That's like the sort of what's going on. So there's two rooms for people who are in the box to meet with their lawyers. And those two rooms, they lock them from the outside. I get locked in with someone who's like supposed to be so dangerous, they can't be in general population. And then there's like no key half the time to like unlock me. So if someone's like bashing my head against the table, there's just like no strategy or nothing in place to like deal with that. Not that that's going to happen, but it's just like a really very strange security maneuver because it's like not more secure in any way. Yeah, (laughs) but also like, like so dangerous could mean you had too many cup of noodles in your cell. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, it could be anything. A really. jail infraction that could get you in the shoe doesn't necessarily have anything to do with danger. It's disobeying the rules. No, but I mean, if you were to design a jail, the people you would put in solitary would be the ones that were actually dangerous. Like, yes. that's what they would that, say. That's what they would that say. That is what I, they would I know, say. But I mean, there's I'm no question about that. Most of the time that people go to, like, a lot of the time that people go to shoe, it's not because well, of something sure. violent yes. or dangerous. Yes. That goes back to the first point that we made. Like, no one cares about anything that goes on there. So so then they lock me in, you know. So Jeffrey Epstein was always meeting with his lawyers in that little room. Yeah. In the room where he was locked in with them. Yeah. And so I could see him through the glass. And I, everyone, just just know this. Know this, women of America. I gawked at him, and I menaced him a little bit. Nice. And I've never done anything like that to anyone else in jail. Yeah. Even El Chapo. Well, I didn't see him. You never saw him? No, because he was in the super shoe where the lawyers have to go go meet with him. Yeah. So, yeah, but I wouldn't menace El Chapo. Why would I ever do that? I guess you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even think of doing that. So, but the point is, right, the the reason I'm harping on this idea of it's just random, like, a lot of random people are there is because putting someone on suicide watch even it's it's actually no different than too many crackers in their canteen or they stabbed someone like oh. it, yeah you know I mean, like from the guards perspective it's like you're in shoe it's not like they're paying special attention to jeffrey epstein no no, no. we haven't even gotten there yet okay or we're not to suicide watch yet we're still to my personal interactions okay. fin- with fin- jeffrey fin- epstein. finish your finish your so story. there i saw him i looked at him i like thought of him as, you know, a person through glass where he was the prisoner, you know. And then I found out that someone I know, he came out of the room and went to the bathroom. We all share a bathroom on that floor. Um, not not the guards, of course, but us, the lawyers and the prisoners um, use the same bathroom. And so he came, she was coming out of the bathroom and he was going into the bathroom and he like looked her up and down in a sleazy way. As one of his last acts. Wow. And she is very pretty. And I think she's probably one of the last women he saw. Prison guards in MCC. Now, they have to work routinely overtime. And this got a lot worse during the government shutdown. Because what happened, and I know this is going to sound insane, but during the government shutdown, 
the BOP stopped hiring and sent everyone that they were hiring back to the beginning of the process. So they had to like start getting their background checks redone and everything. So they haven't really been able to hire anyone. So they have like a real backlog. And during the same period of time, Border Patrol became like this much better job. So like they're paying Border Patrol more and they didn't get a freeze at all. So a lot of people that were like applying to be in law enforcement went to Border Patrol instead of the BOP. And it's like the same qualifications. So which are <laughs> nothing. So 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 they really do actually have a shortage. So like oftentimes I find guards sleeping. Yeah. Like they're always sleeping. Like, I, mean, I don't know what else to say. It's like, a boring job. Like, it's a very boring job. And I think that if you're the guards who are, like, so now to talk about the shoe, like, what happens there is that, like, every it's a special, like, wing and everyone's in there, like, in their cells. So nothing's happening. So, like, if you're the guards, you don't have to do anything. So you just, like, sleep. That is, like, a sleeping shift. And then there's this, like, one prisoner who's, like, the orderly who goes around and, like, gives everybody cigarettes or whatever contraband they want. And then they, like, take care of it all. Like <laughs> That's his official job, contraband yeah, it's distribution. Yeah, official job. Like, they have to clean the shower and, like, do all this stuff that you would think a guard would have to do. But they, like, get to come out of their cell as payment for doing the this job. So it's, like, it's like a definitely the guards were asleep. Like, there's no way they weren't asleep. Like, that's what the point of that shift is. And then, like, I've heard they would have had a special guard on him. It's like, dude, he's not like he's just some old man pervert. Who do you think he is? He's not like DMX or like El Chapo or like Takashi 69. He's like nobody in jail. He's just some old Jewish guy. Yeah, I mean, that's the point with uh, that's that's the point with jail. Like the jail is its own world that follows its own rules. I mean, he's nothing. And like the idea that someone in prison knows the difference between like a millionaire and a billionaire, like they don't. A millionaire in there gets extorted the same way a billionaire would. You know, it's not like it's not going to be a difference. I mean, basically, the white collar guys get extorted. Yeah, like people and, and like the like missile smuggler guys, you know, and like all those people are like the rich people. He's not going to be like the more richer person, you know, it's just going to be another guy like that. Like no one would care. No one could possibly care who he is. Like, why would anybody care about Jeffrey Epstein? No, but most people don't even know what he is, except that, like, unless, like, you know, their boss is like, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. But it probably takes a few months for that to trickle down. Yeah, how would that trickle down? Like, I mean, you have Takashi 69 in that jail at the same time. That jail just still had there? El Chapo. Yes. Not Geo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's in Geo. I don't know. But he was, at the time, he was in MCC. So it's just, like, stupid. I don't know. I mean, maybe someone was smuggled in to murder him, like... Somehow. I mean, that's, that, that could happen. Yeah, but like... Anything the, could happen. The really. idea that like the guards couldn't be asleep enough for him to have committed suicide is crazy. Anything could happen except for someone really being diligent about their job <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like caring. And I just want to say this about the box. Like, I've had a lot of clients go in there for like months and it's awful. And it's like... It, it's it's not what you think. Like, it's not like a clean room where you're just in this sterile environment. There's, like, mold everywhere. You can't breathe. There's rats crawling all over you. There's, like, filth. Like, the toilets don't work. And there's toilet water, like, coming into your – on your feet. And, and you can't see anything. And the lights probably don't work. And there's nothing to read. And, like, you can't get anything to read. It's awful. And, like, at the end of the day, like my like, my clients who have been in there, they've only gotten through it 
by like thinking of their children and their loved ones and like really like focusing on like getting out of there and like at the end of the day some guy some guy like jeffrey epstein he had nothing you know all his he had gonna lose all a lot of his money or whatever and all of his friends and he had no kids he had no one who loved him you know his like whatever teenage girlfriend was gonna leave him i mean it's just like who was he gonna rely on to be a source of strength like he had nothing so I just think the idea that he didn't want to commit suicide is like crazy because that that is like designed to make you want to commit suicide in there. I mean, it's awful. And sometimes they pepper spray you in there. And imagine being pepper sprayed in a room with no circulation. Or they just pepper spray the whole block, right? They pepper spray one room. Everyone gets it. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like you're sitting in there coughing for days on end and you can't see and you can't think. And like there's there's also everyone's always banging there because like people are upset so someone has a heart attack next to you and you're like hey wake up my bunkie had a heart attack you know and that's what it's like there it's not like a clean room and like to get put on suicide watch i think like when people are like suicide watch oh there's all of a sudden there's like a female doctor wearing like a lab coat with a clipboard and high heels coming around and being like oh so and so you're on suicide watch it couldn't be less like that it's like volunteer inmates monitor you when you're on suicide watch it's kind of like it reminds it's kind of the opposite did you hear of, what i just said yeah but I, I mean i'm saying it's it's kind of the opposite <laughs> of you know I, I you remember when chelsea manning who's back in jail yes but when chelsea manning was on suicide watch where they would literally like it was it was in the brig so a marine would wake you up every five minutes to make sure you weren't committing suicide right hyper hyper attention but it's it's kind of the opposite there yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I think you probably are supposed to stay awake in Suicide Watch or like the person watching you is supposed to stay awake. But I, the idea that someone would be on Suicide Watch for a month, like no one would be on Suicide Watch for a month. Like you go on, you you're, you tell someone I'm suicidal and then you go to the Suicide Watch and then you're like, I'm not suicidal. And then they put you back where you were. Like no one cares about anyone that's in jail. If If people in society cared about people in jail, there wouldn't be jail. This is not what we should be doing if we want to have a society. This is not what we would do if we wanted to have a society. Like, you can't have people be cast off like this. And it's sad to me that, like, Jeffrey Epstein's death, whatever it is, did not result in anything, any discourse about the criminal justice system, like, or about prison. There was some. Yeah, but it was like, why aren't they watching him? Yeah. It wasn't like, no one was like, why are we putting these people in jail? Like, why do we build buildings that are jails? Like, that is really a weird thing that we've started doing a lot of. And in some way, right, the, the suicide... In some way, the suicide concern, you know, if it doesn't raise that bigger question of, like, why are all these people trying to commit suicide? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, like with Jeffrey Epstein, I kind of want to think both ways. It's like, obviously, I think that – obviously, I want to believe in some way that the government murdered him or, like, the CIA or one of the various, like, evil, like, networks that he's part of murdered the guy. And, and, you know, they still could have, right? Like, yeah, you know, anything I mean, nothing could happen. I said would, you know. But it also is very real that it's a place that makes people want to die. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's designed I to mean, do... I mean, and they industrially, like, pump people full of antidepressants to try to mitigate that. They do? Yeah. Who gets I mean, they, antidepressants? A lot of people get antidepressants. Hmm. I, mean, I don't have to say statistics on it you don't how dare you say this without the statistics anyway moving along so that's our take on jeffrey epstein you heard it here first i'm now famous because i've met him and also tartaglioni salt of the earth 
So you mentioned that you won a trial. Yeah, I did. I did. Yes. And, 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 and that happens all the time. So it's like, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal, right? No, that's not true. <laughs> I don't know how often it happens, but it never happens. To you and a... There's one other lawyer who like wins trials all the time. No one else does. Yeah, she's won two, and I've won one. And it was my first one. It's pretty amazing. It was, yeah. So in the SDNY, they win every single time. They meaning? The prosecutors. The people? No, they're <laughs> the not government. called the people. They're not called the people there. <laughs> the government. That's some New York State stuff. Yeah, the prosecutors always win. Always. Cause, Unless they go against you. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm wondering, like, I feel like there's you, you. Well, you know, what seems like wrong to me is like all these people in like wherever are always looking for lawyers and like none of them call me. Like, why? I know. Why don't why don't why don't they call you? I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, technically I, it's illegal to advertise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't advertise. But, but like, like if if, for example, this is a hypothetical, say Rudy Giuliani needs a lawyer coming up. Yeah. Well, who should he hire? Why I mean, wouldn't I would if I was him, I would hire us. You know why? <laughs> because I won a trial and like we're just very smart and good at this, Giuliani. We're <laughs> really good at being lawyers. It's like we could help Giuliani lose a trial. Oh, and you know what else? Everybody listening that is not Giuliani, I also saw Rudy Giuliani in prison. You did? Yes. When? Yes, like a year ago maybe. What was he doing? He was meeting with clients. He has clients? Yes. Was yes. it was it Cohen? No. <laughs> it was some Turkish guys. Oh my god. I know. Oh, when those Turkish guys the were there. The whole world has forgotten about this, but I saw him in prison. That Turkish guy People. who had who had a had a lawyer or paralegal there in the room all like 24 hours a day or whatever. I don't know if it was that one or some other uh, one. There's a thing that if you're rich in jail, you get to hire a lawyer that goes there constantly just to like keep you company. Yeah, buy you snacks. Yeah. Okay, another thing. In MDC, which is the similar sister prison in Brooklyn. It's newer yet filthier somehow. <laughs> yeah. You, like, may, the, the you MCC may remember is this it from old, these protests. The MCC is like this old, like probably built in the 60s or 70s, like way over... What? I'm not good at that kind of thing. It's 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 old. I mean, and it's way over capacity. It's probably double its original capacity. Yeah. And it's 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 gross. But the MDC is this brand new prison that's like, you know, that's like less than 20, probably around 20 something years old. And it's like disgusting. Like the bathrooms mm. were overflowing, you know, the, the, the air conditioning and heat doesn't regularly shuts out. I mean, there's big protests around it. Yeah. Here. There were huge protests when the, when it was like the coldest days of the year and the people were locked in their cells with no toilet paper and no, like nothing. And the heat went out. So they were, had no electricity and no heat and they were in their cells like by themselves. And like, Stuff that is so much grosser than you guys are going to imagine. I'm going to tell you right now. So, you know, shield your ears, people who are prone to fainting. In jail, they give you like one roll of toilet paper a week or something like that. And then you can buy more at commissary. But if you're not, if you don't have money, you can't buy more at commissary. So when the lights went out, people had their one roll of toilet paper to use for their week. And then there was no water um, so people who hadn't like stocked up on bottled water in prison and had it in their cell with them, they had to drink out of the um, faucet in the cell. And when the pumps went, that water turned brown. 
And so everyone was drinking that water because they had nothing else to drink. But then it made them really sick and have diarrhea. And they didn't have any toilet paper because they only had their one roll. And that was like also going on. But it was so gross that nobody even talked about it. And now you've heard it here. Yeah. I mean, that place. But it's just like, anyway, why was I talking about that? But yeah. Giuliani. He was meeting with a client there. At MDC. Yeah. And oh, what I really wanted to tell everybody about MDC is that like maybe you remember off-brand sodas from your youth, but I feel like they're not really a thing anymore. Like RC Cola or like Sprout is like a Mountain Dew one or I don't I don't know what they're called. But anyway, so they only they don't sell like Coke or Pepsi at MDC. They just sell like Sprout soda and it's three dollars a bottle. Yeah. I need you to react, Abby. Yeah, it's gross. It's three dollars a bottle. What? And how much is that? The the frozen cheeseburger. How much is a frozen six dollars? <laughs> it's crazy how much more the snacks are there. Yeah, the snacks are like double and triple the amount they are in MCC. I wonder who's behind that. There's probably some racket behind. Who's There's definitely that money a off racket of in like, there. I mean, that is like that's what number one what rackets are. Yeah. Vending machines oh, and like God. poker machines. That's like it's like the definition of a racket. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so all the like families of people in jail. In addition to losing like a breadwinner from the family, you have to then go and buy sodas at three dollars each for all your kids, because like you know they don't want to be the only kid not having a soda, and the dad wants to have a soda, and it's just expensive. There's yeah, coffee it's, it's too. It's depressing. It's very ridiculous. Depressing. You know, the fact that it's like you have to make money off the snacks. Yeah. Why are you making money off the snacks? At the jail. There's a prison in Queens where I think what I heard is that they're going to stop giving everybody food at all and they're just going to give them MREs. Is that what they're called? They're like military yeah. pre prepared foods. Yeah. Like, That's... that is crazy. Like, yeah. The stuff that goes on. Ooh. It's it you know it's it's interesting because people think about like oh and you're in a federal prison that somehow that's like a better situation than in a state prison yeah and it is like, if you get to go to like a a low or like you know yeah I mean and you know I camp. guess I mean I don't know how you would compare MDC or MCC to Rikers Island oh I mean I everyone would rather be in Rikers not everyone but <laughs> I wonder yes yeah everyone that's in prison. In, Who's been to Rikers? It's yes. like Rikers is better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Hands yeah. down. Yeah. Hands down. That's not surprising. No. It's a different kind of terrible, though. Yeah. But it's a little more human, I imagine. It's Rikers. more human in Rikers. I mean, and that's what the badness is like too much human. But yeah, like, too much human. But still. So what's up with DSA? DSA? You know, DSA's on a, I've been on a tear this last year, I, I, feel, I feel like. Yes. You know, the housing got some people elected oh yeah you know and then new york new york state politics like dramatically changed don't you love that we're recapping a year here a year and a half no but it's it's a big deal like you know yeah dsa helped elect a few people and really got one person in taking out a like big person what do you mean um julia salazar got elected taking out martin delon who was like a big big deal and and you know and but like there was also kind of a wave that kind of eliminated the the centrists that were like stymieing any kind of legislation. The IDNYC. The, yeah. The yeah. 
independent Democrats that, yes. that like so there was a terrible political situation in New York State that made New York State the one of the most progressive states in terms of its populace, like a state that has still I mean and still has a lot of terrible like regressive laws. Yeah, I mean, it has terrible regressive laws. So, you know, and, and some of those things are changing, right? Yeah. They've changed the discovery laws for criminal. Yeah, I know. It's so you know, much better. They, you know, we've got the most, the, you know, there's, they've changed the voting laws a little bit, right? So, yeah. you know. Register as a Democrat. It used to be like you'd sometimes have to register like months and months and months. I think like a year. Uh, not quite a year. It was but like a year if there you had some to change that like your registration. Months. Yeah. Yeah, it was really terrible. And so they've changed that a little bit. Still not great, but but better. And but the most significant thing was the rent laws. Mm -hmm. And DSA was a big part of that, like you know, helping change the political dynamic and part of a coalition of activists that really got these rent laws changed. Shout out to to my coalition of activists, Flatbush Tenants Association. Yeah, exactly, tenant associations. Hell yeah! You know, so and and changed the laws in a way that like really, really like destroyed some business models including like your landlord's business yes, model yes my landlord um at the after the rent laws changed she wrote a letter to the governor that was like i'm leaving new york state because of these this law that you signed and like it was like the most whiny whiny letter ever like they, and she was like i'm the canary in the coal mine it's like you can leave New York. Like, in fact, you don't live here. So I don't know what you're talking about. But what you can do is, like, take the building that I live in with you. So enjoy your enjoy your trip to wherever you're going. Yeah. So, you know, you know basically. And, like, good luck renting explain- a two-bedroom apartment to somebody for $5,000 a month, you know, yeah. in, like, wherever the hell you think you're going. So, I mean, that's the point. Like, these people yeah. would buy buildings yeah. and they would systematically kick out all the long-term right. Like it was a business model. Tenants was to kick out all the rent sta- rent rent stabilized tenants and then ma- bring in market rate people. They would pretend to have done like three hundred thousand dollars worth of renovation. They would gut renovate them, but it would obviously not three hundred thousand dollars. Like they said on my like because they have to itemize it if you request it. So they said that the, my front door was worth $5,000. <laughs> like, like, Maybe they're hiring like Pentagon contractors. Yeah, they had like a receipt. It's like bulletproof, I guess, you know? <laughs> no, but then they, they also do stupid things. Like, you know, it's like, remember when they upgraded your intercom system yeah, from a system that allowed worked. people to buzz people in to a system that's completely insane yeah. and doesn't and work? illegal. Yeah, so it's like that's the kind of stuff they would do. Yeah. And then they could justify raising the rent by doing that. So right. now basically that business model has been destroyed yeah. through law. And like, and then and- what happened is we sent our landlord, because like obviously she was very upset about this. And so we sent her sympathy flowers, and she never even <laughs> responded. Like, no, thank you for the flowers, no nothing. You really sent her flowers? We literally sent her sympathy flowers. <laughs> <laughs> We said, I don't know what we said, like something like, I'm so sorry for your loss. (laughs) Best of luck in your future endeavors. We definitely said that. That is hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, no, we never got a thank you. And um, yeah, our our tenants association did it. That's awesome. And and, and I guess, you know, that's why there shouldn't be billionaires because they don't they don't say thank you. They never you know, say thank you, they, even when you send them flowers. Yeah, I mean that's what kind of that's what kind that's what it turns someone into, to be a billionaire. Well, she probably was like at her house in Connecticut instead of, I don't know. Anyway, she's leaving, but she hasn't left. She hasn't sold the building. She just can't like get money for point the pointing. So they would do the there were like these totally insane things where they would like redo the bricks on your 
the facade and then they would be like okay you guys all have to pay more money because we did the bricks on the facade it's like i don't own this building and i don't collect rent on myself like you have to like keep it up to like code yourself Like, that's I, what we pay you the money for. Like, what do you think we pay you the money for? That reminds me of, like, one like, of my first buildings. What is going on? One of my first landlords when I moved to New York was just, like, this idiot. And, like, it was, you know, it wasn't, like, a big millionaire. It was just some person who was bought this shitty building that we lived in. And just, like, probably for too much money. I'm sure it's worth a billion dollars now. But, like, literally painted the building, like, the brick building, painted it brick color stop and then was like uh i and like i got gouged by these people she was like uh, i spent so much money doing this like all this like useless shit like we had a like a bullet hole in our window and we were just like you want to fix the window she's like yeah no thanks i'm no. gonna paint the building brick and then tried to raise the rent and and like you know she's raising rent because she spent all this money doing the dumbest thing so it's like no yeah, sympathy but, no sympathy for but like words. okay so the two funny things is that one if a landlord loses money on their building there is a way for New York State, they can apply it in New York State. So any landlord that is, because everyone's like, oh, these rent-stabilized tenants are not paying enough money to make ends meet, blah, blah, blah. So if you are actually a landlord who has rent-stabilized tenants and you're not collecting enough money to pay like the heating bill, New York State will pay it for you. But there's like three buildings where the landlords ask for that money. So like any of them that are saying they're not making money are just actually lying. Yeah, no, of course. Actually lying. And the second thing is that the um, Real Estate Association or the, what is it called? The Rent Stabilization Board, the Landlord Lobby. The Landlord Lobby has like a name that makes it seem like it's not a Landlord Lobby. But anyway, the people in that are like so upset by this law that they don't think, they don't, can't believe that the people who voted for it knew what they were voting for. Like they're just like, but do they know that... This means that we can n- not recoup our investments on MCIs forever. So that that was the other thing. So like when they would do a big improvement, like the facade work or the paint of the front of the building, like Abby's landlord did, they could they would then t- increase your rent by like say thirty dollars a month, and then after the entire thing had been paid off by the people who rent the apartment, they would still keep the thirty dollars in there. So that's like what they got rid of is that they you actually just have to pay it back and then the the rent goes back down after you've paid for it. So before it was like it would just go on forever. Yeah, no, it's it it's yeah. So that was the DSA thing. The, the main DSA thing now. I mean, the big thing is is like Bernie. You know, it's kind of like getting Bernie elected. Getting Bernie elected primary. I think that's yeah. That's like the big thing. Is you it? Know, that's really what everyone's. I mean, that's what, in. you know. There, there's there's a can There's also a, a kind of a more local campaign for. Um, trying to pu- like make public the utility company. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I mean, Wait, which one? Con Ed, I think. Yeah. Oh, make Con Ed public. And yeah. what about the oil one? What's that one? Natural gas. What is it? National called? Grid. National Grid. That's it. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, we're seeing it in California, right, where they're just like scheduling, like shutting off power for all these people, like. You know, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, most people think of these things as public utilities. I mean, they it, they function in the marketplace as public I mean, utilities. They literally, are a monopoly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a know. state-sanctioned monopoly. Like, why would that not be public? Why would that have shareholders that like are trying to make quarterly profits? It's insane. No, yeah, it's completely insane. Yeah. So, but you know, the Bernie thing is obviously like a shorter time horizon and like a very big. 
you and, know, and a kind of defining political moment. I mean, and even for our stuff, it's like, I, I you know, I'm not following the presidential thing too much because I feel like it's mostly like pablum and nonsense. But like, I don't think anyone else has said they're going to end the war on drugs and cut the prison population in half. And like, Oh, yeah, everybody is. And you know they what? They are? Yeah. And well, the most, the best one actually on criminal justice is Julian Castro. He said he's going to get rid of EDPA and PLRA. Really? Yeah. Julian Castro is like going hard on these things. But did he say he wants to end the war on drugs? Getting rid of the PLRA would be a thousand times more important than that. Why? I mean, he does want to, like, he's great on criminal justice issues. Okay. Yeah. The PLRA is the thing that doesn't allow, like, you to, okay, first of all, it's like so bad. It's the thing that doesn't allow Pell Grants to go to prisoners. So um, what Clinton did, he passed this law, which was it got rid of any chance that anyone in prison could have, like, gone to prison and gotten rehabilitated. That's what the PLRA ended, the even idea of rehabilitation. So it used to be that universities had all these correspondence classes with prisoners. That was just, like, taken away. And it also, like, stopped people from being able to litigate, like, issues of confinement yeah, or I mean, their... That's, a very, that's like, a specific policy thing. I, I, I get it. It's like, not I mean, just a specific... No, I mean, but, I mean, like, the point is, right, like... Like, Bernie uh, hasn't said anything about them. I mean, that's PLRA. not... PLRA. Yeah. But I, my, my point is, ending the war on drugs is, like, what has caused this massive prison population, right? The war on drugs is why people are in prison, mostly, right? And, like, cutting the prison population in half, like, that's, like... A pretty bold. I mean, I, I agree that like we need to end all these terrible policies, but at the like big picture. No, level, I think no. I, honestly, I think that that's like extremely cool that someone on his staff no. is like or who's advising him has told him about this, and it, it kind of shows that he has like abolitionists involved in his. Group. No, that's no. I'm, I'm, like, I mean, it's it, all good. I'm yeah. just saying like. It can't just be like we need to end some specific things. We need to like end the system, you know? Like Yeah, but we don't end the system by like what I don't know what ending the war I mean, I don't ending the war on drugs, what does that mean? He does not for legalizing everything. He's not. He has is not he's for legalizing marijuana only. So like if you're not legalizing these drugs, it's like doesn't make any sense. Because you're still gonna then arrest all the drug dealers. Yeah. Like you well, have to be like we have not just decriminalize, I don't, whatever that means. That just means like don't arrest white people, I guess, but like still bomb people in Colombia. But yes, but Bernie's like, only for legalizing marijuana, which I think is like bad. I think he should say he wants to legalize all drugs. And it's been done in Portugal and it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, no, I, it's like, I agree, you know, but I mean, I'm just saying like his radical proposals, he should go a little bit more radical on that, I think. Yeah, sure. Because whenever I mean, he goes radical on something, everyone just catches up. It's like yeah. amazing. No, it's true. If I mean, he said we need to legalize all drugs tomorrow, everyone would be saying it. We'd have Kamala Harris but saying no one, it. But no one's saying that now, right? I no, mean, like, it could only be Bernie. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, mean, I don't he think... He is like the leader of the Democrats who like they don't admit exists. Wouldn't it be awesome to see Kamala Harris saying that? Legalize heroin. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't... I mean, I don't... Yeah, ending the war on drugs has no meaning if you're not for legalizing well, drugs. yeah. I mean, me. if you're... If you're not arresting people for drugs, like, yeah, I mean, the Columbia thing, I agree with, right? I mean, but the, again, like, I don't think anyone is a better foreign policy platform than Bernie. Like, no, not no, even no, no, close, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying Julian Castro is, like, actually saying really cool things about criminal justice that's stuff. That's great. That is, that's like, good. surprising to me. That's As good. a person who, like, cares about this and no one else does. Yeah. Like, I want my clients to be able to go to college when they have 30-year sentences. So that when they get out of jail and they're a grandpa, they'll be able to, like help their grandchildren because they're not going to be there able to be there for their sons yeah that is like they're, a truly insidious i mean all of that stuff that like the like double punishing everyone in prison like 
I mean, even in in the New York prisons, in a lot of states, they've done the same thing where they've taken out all the education programs. Well, the, yeah, the, that, but that's know. the PLRA because it, it it eliminated funding for Pell grants to prisoners. Mm-hmm. So that was those Pell grants were, were getting, what were used to get the and so correspondence the states classes. Were, the states were getting the, that money yes. and then using it for yes. their classes. I no, mean, people they had classes. People would go to jail and teach classes. Yeah, but that was all volunteer. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible because like. You know, I mean, I don't mean to get like all like hooey or whatever, but like literature saves people's lives. And like, it's not just like about like, it's great to have trade schools too in jail. I'm not saying that. And I think people do learn trades in prison still. But it's like, there's something expansive about a liberal arts education that is important to people. And it's important to healing. Well, I mean, and, and if you think about just if you think about what people have in prison, it's like they have time on their hands. And like, they're just disallowed from doing those things that like one can do with that time. Like, there's no no one's allowed to use a computer ever except to like, you know, for these like insane, shitty yeah. Like you can send yeah. a text message or an email in federal prison. A lot of states don't even have that. Well, yeah. So there's this wonderful guy, Wilbert Rydell, who maybe someone's heard of. I don't know, but he should be famous. But he, he, Alan Moore and I share a religion. So that's part of how I, why I love what's him. What's that? It's like, um, it's like, just like, Wicca, you know, here we are. Wiccan. Here we are. Here we'll ever be. The rest is nonsense. Um, but, objectivist. but that's no, not yes, we're Wiccan objectivists. But anyway, he was in on death row in Angola for a really long time. And um, like in I Angola think, prison, Louisiana. Yeah, in Angola prison, Louisiana. Sorry, not in Angola, the country. Um, and Angola prison, like, I don't know if you've heard of it, but like everybody, it's like one of the most notorious prisons in the country. I think it's the largest prison in it's the country. It's basically like a slave plantation. It is, yeah. But it's like prison. Well, yeah. Um, for whatever that means. What it means is that it's a much better prison than most prisons in the country for people to go to who are actual people. So even though it sounds awful and it seems awful, like anyone that's arrested in Louisiana would prefer to go to Angola than any other prison. Hmm. You Um, have to go outside. Yeah, you go outside. There's all these programs. There's like you can sell your crafts. You can do all kinds of things. And one of the things that Wilbert did was when he went to prison – he started reading in prison because they're really into reading there. I mean, it's it's like a fundamentalist Christian indoctrination camp. Like you can't go there and be Muslim like it would be not OK for you. You would just should convert to Christianity. And I'm sorry to say that, but that would be the way to survive that. But so he goes there and he's, you know, young and he was like convicted of a murder he didn't commit. And um, he didn't know anything about like black history and he's black. And so he had no idea this is amazing. He didn't know that black people were enslaved in America. Oh, my God. This is a client of yours? No, if, no, a, an a inspirational. I mean, I wish he was my friend. He's like a guy I think is really cool. Oh, I've okay. met him twice. Okay. But so he had no idea that people were black people were enslaved. And he like learned this when he was in prison and started reading. In Angola prison. In Angola. Oh, my God. But then he started working as a journalist on the Angola newspaper because they have a radio station and a newspaper in Angola. And, like, they have all these things there for people to do, you know, even though it's, like, a hell zone, objectively a terrible place. But there's at least stuff where you can be an alive person. So he was, like, he worked on the Angola newspaper and, like, kind of found himself there. And um, eventually he was exonerated. And now he is a speaker, but and he has a book. In the Place of Justice by Wilbert Rideau. And there was this one guy who was on death, who was, like, facing the death penalty in Colorado, I think. And, like, Wilbert is a person that you can hire as, like, a consultant to help you with your death penalty case. 
to help talk to the person who's facing the death penalty because he's been facing the death penalty before. And um, so the guy was like, you know, I would take a life plea if I could go to Angola, but I the prison in Colorado is not like Angola. Like they don't have a newspaper. They don't have a radio station. They don't have a rodeo. They don't have crafts. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to agree to spend the rest of my life there. So you can have like an oppressive place, but if it's like dehumanized, it's even worse than just like a place that's brutal. Well, I mean, that's kind of the you difference. Between, that's kind of what we were talking about before, the difference between like a state and federal prison, yeah. right? Like yeah. the really bad federal prisons are just more dehumanizing yeah. and like maybe less technically violent. Yes. But yes. like still more probably mentally violent. Yeah. And just deadening. Deadening, yeah. More deadening. Yeah. And so, any, yeah, so... Um, I just think that it's not the way forward. Call me crazy. Um, what I just want to say about Bernie is that, you know, we all have friends and people we know who are leaning towards other candidates, um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, a close friend of mine said that he just doesn't want another white man. And I just like I've loved Bernie since I was 14 and I'm 44 now. Because I was against the first Gulf War as a <laughs> child. <laughs> and there was this guy who was the mayor of Vermont, in Vermont, who was going to be in the House of Representatives. And he was also against the war. And then he won his election, and I couldn't believe it. And um, that was it. Me and him. I've always loved him. Yeah, and, and I think that's important. I mean, that's to me that that story also captures why, like you know, like why I supported Bernie. I think probably why DSA supports Bernie. It's like, you know, I mean, one, he is like almost single-handedly turned these things that were politically unrealistic just a few years ago into I mean, they reality, were, right? Yeah, like, like a few years ago, Elizabeth Warren would have been like a moonshot to be the president, and now she's like the like. Well, and he tried to get her to run last time. I mean, yeah. you know, like he was like, know, please but, run. <laughs> like, remember, like she made that agency, and then. They were like, she can't even get confirmed in the Senate because she's so radical. And now yeah. she's like, they're like, please, God, be the president so we don't have this hairy old Bernie. It's just that thing that it's like, you know, this is someone who has a track record and like has enough of a political vision to move things. And so it just seems like, well, <laughs> let's go with. Yeah, it's kind of like that thing with the Republicans, right, where it's like they try to get like a Mitt Romney or someone to always run. And the Republicans always go for the like. No, I want the real Republican, right? Like, I want the real one who's, like, saying, like... Yeah, I mean, a better example is, like, what happened in um, Alabama when they ran the child molester. When when that guy won the primary, you mean? Yeah, when he ran the primary. Yeah, exactly. And they were, like, all trying to get, like, a respectable Republican. Well, I mean, and everyone's uh, like, we want the frothing crazy man! But, I mean, and that's the point. When you activate, like, when we have this new thing where we're activating, like, a base of people that are, like, new voters and are, like to the le far to the left of like traditional democrats and it's and it's moving all this stuff in 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 the country it's just like well let's go with that let's keep doing that let's not like pull back <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean that's the point right like yeah. that that it's like once you start moving something if you pull if you start pulling back now before we've ever even gotten anything it's only going to repeat the same political cycle where you like disappoint and like disempower and people check out again, right? Because the, the the political dynamic we have is the right wing activates this base of like white nationalist psychos, yeah. and the the other side kind of activates people through like nice speeches and big talk, and then delivers nothing consistently, and people just 
check out. Like all, all you know, you you got to excite people and you got to do something. I'm not unsympathetic to people who are like rightly now saying, um, you know, electoral politics don't work and have never worked in this country, and so we need to really be focusing on other things too. But yeah, I mean, I I, I understand how people could think that. I don't think that's a serious way to look at the world like electoral politics do work to like destroy entire countries you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like electoral politics or is like the pressure put on the does it matter who you elect if you have an activated political movement that's attacking that person well i i mean you know does it matter that like obama was president instead of McCain? Yes. I think it matters massively, right? Like, regardless of whatever critiques you have of Obama, and I have plenty, like, I think that the difference between Obama and McCain is likely a war in Iran, right? Yeah. But isn't the whole plan, like, Bernie's whole plan is to, like, have an activated base that'll put pressure on politicians? Like, isn't that the whole plan of, like, how he's going to get anything done is, like, the – I mean, because the Jokers are still going to be sitting there in the Senate, you know? No, I I mean, it's – it's but it's both, right? I mean, like, both of those things matter, right? Like, the reason Obama – like, like, look, it's it's a complicated thing, power, right? But, like, for example, with the Iran war, you know, that's not a thing that – like, a war is not something that happens because of popular support, Right. That is something that happens. Oh, be- I think it kind of does. I mean, you know, it wasn't. Like, that's it what wasn't, they do. They like beat the drums of war, and like everyone starts going crazy. I, yes, like that really happens. That, but again, you you just describe the dynamic. They beat the drums of war. It's not like people on the street are like, "We want a war." No, but it's, it's like, not like the unitary executive deciding that either. It's like the media and stuff. What I mean. Honestly, what do you think Dick Cheney was doing? I mean, he's working the media. He's working the intelligence agencies. He's working, you know, he gets his war by working the institutions to create the legitimacy, to create, to be able to create, to tap into that popular support. And like, but it's not like people really care. Like, they'll say, yes, I want, like, they'll say, yeah. No, I mean, obviously nobody wants a war until they're like propagandized into wanting a war. I mean, that is true. That's that's the point. It's a ridiculous idea to have a war. Yes. So I mean, it's like the, having a prison. It's totally on its face absurd. So, but I mean, I mean, that's my point, right? Like, so when you have these elected leaders, like, what the kind of things they're going to propagandize for and the kind of things they're going to do do matter, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that like having a popular base of support for the things that like we all want isn't important, right? But, yeah. You know? but and like, what you what need about, is both of those things. Yeah. To yeah. Convert. Yes. Yes. But what about like, I mean. Like, not Dick Cheney, because he really did glean a lot of power from, um, you know, being in office. But, like, what happened with Obama, you know? I mean, he was, like, kind of stymied, you know, whatever. Like, I know it's, like, hard to talk about what's in Obama's heart or whatever. But, like, he had a groundswell of momentum. He was elected. And then he sort of got taken over by this, like, neoliberal right wing whatever. Um, And, like that was all used against him, you know, to hi- sort of hijack well, his presidency, he, kind of. Yeah, I mean, he built a huge... Let's uh, assume what's in his heart is what he was campaigning uh, on, you know? Yeah, who Obama's knows, heart. Right? I mean, th- but the point is, he shut down his operation very shortly after winning, right? Yeah. He hired people like Larry Summers, yes. Rahm Emanuel, Yes, he felt Timothy pressured to Geithner. do that by somebody, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? That's what happened. 
right? And he shut down, you know, uh, Obama for America, organizing yeah. for America, right? Yeah. He shut down his grassroots mobilization that, you know, but wasn't... But on purpose he did that. Yes. Or someone told him to, or someone and, and forced he, him to, or I don't know what. he went with a different strategy, which was, I can, I can convince the elites and the electeds to go my way through... You know, I know. I mean, through it was, back channels it was and like through adorable. Rahm Emanuel and like, all that stuff, Like, he was, like, right? playing golf with that guy what? who used to head the house. Bonaire? Yeah, Bonaire. Like, the one who was always crying. The, the drunk? Yeah, like, man. the poor man who was always hungover. Yeah, I mean, he was, he like, was like, taking people out. smoking to, with he, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, I mean, I'm playing like, golf. You know, and, and you know, it, it's, it's it's you can't negotiate <laughs> with terrorists. Oh you know, God. like, you can't. I don't know that Bonaire was a terrorist. No, but, I mean, the point is, the Republican Party <laughs> he, is... He was a victim of the terrorism, idea, too. <laughs> the idea that, like, Obama was going to get some, con- like, conciliation from the Republican Party. I mean, it's laughable now, but, yeah. like, everyone thought that was the plan back then. I mean, not everyone, but know, a lot but of people I know, but they still did. say it. Like, someone still said to me really recently, like, oh, I think we should have Amy Klobuchar because she'll be able to reach across the aisle. And I was like, there's no reaching across an aisle. Like, that's no. over. Like, that time is not, over. Like, it never why? Existed. Why? It why are we talking about that? Reaching across the aisle didn't exist. What existed was. There was an idea of reaching across the aisle. The idea is gone. It should be gone. Like, a, no rational person can be talking about reaching across the aisle, but they are. But, but, I mean, again, yes, nothing good has ever come of it. I mean, reaching across the aisle results in, like, literally. The PLRA, right? Yeah. Like, like the, all the terrible Clinton laws that yes. have passed, like, welfare reform and, like, doubling the prison population yes. and, like, taking education out of – like, those are what – those are the results of reaching across the aisle. Like, reaching across the aisle is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, and so it's like – But it's, it's also, like, just a totally impossible thing. Like, if you Well, now reach, it's impossible. Now it's – If you impo- reach – if you, like, if they go more right, then the right will go more right. I mean, it's like – It's very obvious, but yes. somehow it hasn't, like – it hasn't seeped through yet, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, it did to T.I., what happened with T.I.? T.I. endorsed Bernie this morning on The yeah. View. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He said that Bernie is what we need to fight Trump. There you go. Because he has the base. There, and, that, I mean, and that's the important thing, right? To me, that's the really big thing. Is like very handsome. What it's going to take is building, like, you know, the way anything is going to happen. Like, anyone... So, if you're president and you have to deal with not like, especially if you're someone like Bernie or even Elizabeth Warren, frankly, right? Like there's a lot of Democrats that don't want to go along with your program. are going to want to turn it into trash and water it down. And the only thing you can, the only thing you can do to leverage those people is not talking nice or saying, I have the best plan or like laying out how exactly it's a better idea. No, That's not how you them. fight actual power. What you have to do is scare those people. You have to send people well, to their office, yeah. not tell, threatening to primary them. You, you have to, the only way you can scare a politician is by threatening their office. And like, you can't do it through like, oh, we need unity. Like yeah. It's like, no, you need power. Well, I think what you just said is like something that we should like work on because you just said what there's going to be a lot of Democrats that want to not do go along with Elizabeth Warren or Bernie. And it, the thing to remember about those people, they are people, but they don't have wants and desires. They have like other people who are pressuring them to do certain things. Like you kind of have to look at it as like a, a pressure campaign from like their donors and like. You know, I mean, what they want, like, is sort of a fungible thing. They're politicians, so they're just supposed to be going along with things, you know? Like, they're supposed to be representing their their constituents. It's, like, so absurd. Yeah, but, I mean, it's also about what 
levers they have. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like, it's kind of like the Game of Thrones thing, right? Like, your title is not as important as your army, right? Yes, And like, exactly. Bernie's the one who has the army. Yeah. And that's what matters. I mean, yeah. that's what's going to matter if we're going to change politics. If we want to keep doing the same politics we've been doing since the, like, 80s or late 70s or whatever, mm-hmm. the, like, downward spiral that we're in, if we want to keep... Why are we downward spiraling? I mean, it's because why we do don't... We I mean, this? you know, there's a lot of reasons, but, like, we don't actually have real left politics. Like, we don't have counterbalance to a fanatical, increasingly insane right wing. There's no balance. There's a middle and there's a right. And, like, we need a left. And that's what Bernie is. And that's... I mean, you know, that's it. We need to keep, we need to build that up, though. And we have we're like a hundred years behind in this country because we kind of got rid of all that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, that's I mean, that's why it's no. That's why I always tell the kids these days, you know, don't trust anyone under seven, under under eighty. <laughs> you know, don't trust anyone under eighty or over thirty because that's like the whole era where politics oh, like have been like stripped. Yeah, we did this. We did it. We're gonna. We're back. We're, this is like season we, two. We've said we're back enough times that I'm not saying it again. But no, this is season two. <laughs> this is like season sixteen at this season, point. Season no, it's like but, it could only be like season four because we've only done four episodes. We're so. gonna try. We're gonna. Yeah, we'll try to. We'll try to do it again and um, yeah. soon. And I actually have an episode ready that I can put out. So no, no, no. Let's do another one where we talk. I just of like having we, the we talking. Can, yeah, I just think we have do, such a good banter. We can do both. Okay. This is the thing. Oh yeah, for our for our Patreons. Just yeah, kidding. We're, we're, we wouldn't ask you to do Patreon. We're launching, until... No, we're launching a Patreon. But I mean, okay, but like to. this is if we want to be cool with millennials, we have to like launch. Okay, Patreon. but I think we have to do this regularly, or we'll be like ripping people. So oh, I. No, no. So I, before I, I had a wrestling newsletter, I had a magazine called um, the Bright and Shine Gazette. Um, that was like a neighborhood newspaper. Um, and I sold subscriptions to it. And then I, it was really stressful because then I had to put it out because people subscribed. And I think that, yeah, no, you know, what, what, yeah, I think it it's helps. a chicken and egg situation. It's a chicken and egg situation. And like, I mean, look, we're not asking for more than a dollar. <laughs> it's more just, a, it's like. It's a it's, prompt. It's, people exactly. will feel more pressure if you exactly, give us that dollar. Exactly. My mom will give us a dollar probably, Aww. you know, like. Like that's what I'm saying. I, 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 we're launching the Patreon really for our own like psychological. Yeah, motivation. so we have to do it. Okay, so just like the Bright and Shine Gazette. Yeah, exactly. Did you have a neighborhood newspaper? I did not. What Is that I, a? Do you think anyone else ever did that? We had a neighborhood newspaper like on our in our neighborhood that I, wasn't for kids, so it was like for. Well, mine wasn't for kids. It was just by kids. That's cute. For adults, really, because adults have money. I used to sell bread. Did you make the bread you sold? Yeah. Nice job. 